last time we'd gotten on, you'd commented on how I always uh, say hello the same way. And this time I was planning on coming in just screaming, going, hello, howdy, hey, just way over the top. But then I didn't because I had this going on. It messed it up my joke and I'm disappointed. Sorry. How could I do that to you? I don't know. I think I did that to me, to be honest. Um, <sighs> I guess we're starting. I guess we've started. Hi. Hello. Hi. Welcome, listeners. Welcome back. Uh, oh, boy. We were, we were trying to work on a microphone for a while so that I don't sound so bad, but here we are. Here we are, indeed. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a good time of silence and video watching and reading manuals, and uh, it's over now. And I still sound the same. The same as always. Beautiful. Same as always. We are nothing if not consistent. And I say that as this episode is going to be late because we just forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is we are nothing. <laughs> yeah. We're nothing. Um, I guess no one's wondering, though, because Bobby was in the group chat. Bobby knows. Yeah, yeah. And Zion knows. Zion knows. So I guess it's just Miriam. I don't think Zion knew that we had a date that we come out on, though. No, I don't think so. (laughs) Yeah. I've been late on everything that's, like, on a schedule for personal projects recently, so... It's a bad habit. Like that one song by the Cooks. It's about stripping. Stripping is a bad habit. If you can't get it, you got yourself a bad habit. (laughs) Now look at you walking up and down the pole. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Audio listeners don't get to see that. Uh, we're not doing a video though are we because they'd get the they'd get the butt uh i don't know if we can do that or not if you want me to i can stick it in video version (sighs) she said um (laughs) uh no that's fine they they get to just imagine what i mean by the butt they don't even know they have no clue they, Last time I was going on about like the insider experience where they leave, where they know everything. This time we're a little teased. We want them to, we want them to wonder we're like, Ooh, what could that mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. We spent all that time trying to get your audio better, but my audio is probably going to be pretty bad because I I'm running a print right now. Cause I just got a 3d printer. And it's really loud. And I don't know if you can hear it, but it's really loud. I cannot hear it. On a scale of 1 to 10, how narcissistic is it that I'm printing a bust of my head? <laughs> I mean, if you give it as a gift, then it's okay. If if you I, keep wait, it, if it... I give a gift of my head to someone else, it's okay? Doesn't yeah. that make it more it... narcissistic? No, no, not at all. If you have a bust of your own head just sitting around your house, that's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> but if you if you give it to someone, it's like a funny gag gift, you know? Right. Right. Okay. Got it. So I have to give it to someone as a gift. 
my birthday's coming up. I'll take it, John. <laughs> it's yours. <laughs> oh, thank you. I actually, I really wanted to. Now, I bought a scanner to do scans like this one, and I did this scan before you went to Ireland. And I was like, I need to get a scan of my head and David's head like before he actually leaves so that I can then use them as like 3d art for the podcast. But then That'd be I, cool. yeah. I got it like a week before you left and didn't get to do it. And now, now Corona. I can't, can't see you cause you're, you're, you know, locked up in your house and I'm locked up in my house and I'm like Rapunzel with shorter hair and you're just like Rapunzel at this point. Kinda. Yeah. I mean, are you doing a ponytail? <laughs> yeah. Are you doing? Oh, uh, yep. There it is. Once again, listeners. <laughs> Once again, nobody nobody can see that but David and me. Um, but yeah, no, I, I have it in a tiny ponytail at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Also has a picture of a dwarf being decapitated behind him on his on his Zoom. Is that what that uh, is? Yeah. Uh-huh. Cool. <laughs> that was a weird lie. Was, I was trying to do a bit, but it, it just died in its inception. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. I just picked a random camera roll picture from my, my photos. I'm consistent with my, with my Zoom background. I like the... The butt. Because it's right behind my head. Yeah. And to, okay. Daniel's seen this, but I don't know if everyone else has. Um, I've seen it before. Yeah. There's a picture of a statue that I took when I was in London and it's just the statue's butt. Um, but the way that I have it set up is it's right behind my head. But then if I lean, then everyone gets a little, I get a statue moon. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a nice butt. It really is. It is. And he's strutting too. He's got he's got a hand on his hip. He's got his sword. Yeah. Tote totes fierce. Absolutely slaying it. This was one of this was in one of the circuses in London. And those circuses were disappointing. Didn't have any attractions, just statues of naked men. Um and giant arches. Like Arc de Triumph wannabes, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. Sounds. Why? Why was it called a circus if that's all that it was? Well, because like Roman circuses, they'd have like stuff. I don't know stuff and things. Okay, cool. I knew more about it when I was like twelve. When I was twelve, I could have told you. <laughs> I, would, I would read like the the Osborne history encyclopedias and stuff. King Fisher, all those. Oh yeah, uh huh. I loved them, and I I could tell you everything about why the Romans had circuses that weren't actually circuses. Well, Romans, you know how they were; they liked their circuses. I mean, yeah. Now I guess now, uh, since you don't remember exactly, there's a there's a high chance no one knows anymore. Oh well. What? I said, you don't. If you don't remember, I guess there's a high chance no one knows anymore. It's been lost no, time. I think that's true. History doesn't remember. I think that's conjecture. I think you, 
you're just guessing. If you were the keeper of this knowledge and you no longer oh. hold this knowledge, then uh, nobody knows no, anymore. I, I wasn't the keeper. Mr. Osborne was of Osborne History Encyclopedias. You're pushing this Osborne? task onto someone know. else. You're pushing this task onto someone else instead of owning up to your own the King responsibility. Fisher. The King Fisher was in charge of all this. Excuses. I was just leeching off of King Fisher's knowledge. Excuses. Um, all of this lost knowledge because of you, David. Am I like... Uh, what what's the the giver mm. and i gotta know all this stuff yeah the, the giver, giver the giver who never gave any knowledge to anyone yeah he just hoards it really he doesn't give much the giver he should just be called the keeper he just like hallucinates about the past and that's about it that's all he does chose with taylor swift tut tut learns how to play piano but he just plays it in his house. He doesn't give it to anyone. He just plays it in the giver house for the other giver. I mean, he kind of gives, he kind of gives the other kid like the elephant or whatever. What? The, the oh, giver. The he gives the hallucination of an elephant. But I mean like, but that's because the kid is also going to be a giver. It's givers given to givers. There aren't any just soul takers. I, if no, I was in that, if I was in that culture, I would have been a taker. <laughs> oh, imagine if, like, they have that whole ceremony at the beginning where they're like, "You find out your job," and it's like you're a taker. You just kind of leech off everyone else. That'd be so cool, though. That's like the best job, right? You just kind of yeah, you steal from everyone. Yeah, I mean legally, yeah. <laughs> it's your job to rob everyone. <laughs> Listen, we've perfected this whole like utopia thing, even though it's a dystopia, as you find out, because they're killing people. Um, wow, spoilers for The Giver 2000, um, what, 16, 13? Um, the book was older. I, I know, I, know. I meant the movie. Yeah, the movie. I never read the book, I just saw the movie. Nobody the has. Okay, I take that back. Bobby has. My my sister, she read the book and the sequels. There are sequels. I am aware because I almost read them because I was like, I should read them before I see the movie. And then I was like, nah. And then I watched the movie and I was like, nah. <laughs> what I did get the book for after watching it, though, I got the book for I'm Thinking of Ending Things. I purchased it. Oh, yeah? I want to read it. Now. I was going to yeah. say, I was going to say we should talk about that. There were, well, there are a couple movies based off of books that were on the agenda for this one, such as The Devil All the Time. Oh, yeah. So I saw yep, that. Yep, yep. You saw that? I saw that. And Zion was going to be on it, and she'd seen it as well. Devil All the Time? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good she, movie. She, she texted me, and she was very proud of herself, too. She was like, well, okay. She was getting after me for kind of bashing her on the last episode. So I need to make sure that I'm very nice. Zion, I love you very much. Uh, this, is, this is nice. Um, but she was very proud that she was watching a movie that wasn't like a, a teen romance movie. She was like, I'm watching a serious movie. And I was like, oh, is it the devil all the time? Because I guess. I was like, okay. It's New Tom Holland. It's going to be promoted. It's got Robert Pattinson, Tom Holland, Bill Skarsgård. Everyone's going to watch that. It's just full of hot people, you know? Yeah, Absolutely. It's 
honestly, the reason I was worried it wasn't going to be good is because it was marketed like a blockbuster. The trailer was really good, though. The trailer, like, I don't think it was. The trailer didn't sell it for me, mostly because I couldn't tell what Tom Holland's motivation was, and I have never seen him do something that serious and pull it off. He killed it, though. But he was fantastic. Like, I was worried, and it was totally unfounded. This might be too much. I don't know. This year, we're not going to have, like, a lot of good choices for, like, Oscar picks. I think he should get some nomination. I think he did a good job. I think I think both him and, and Robert Pattinson uh-huh. deserve some s- sort of recognition. Robert Pattinson, not necessarily for that movie. I didn't think he was all that particularly, like, outstanding. Like, he was good. Don't get me wrong. He was good. But, like, he does so well in so many other movies right now. Like, he's killing it. Uh, I saw Tenet. He was really charming. He was, like, very suave. Liked him a lot. Every review I read of Tenet mentioned how charming he was. Yeah, I mean, I I think this was him just kind of, like, just having fun, like, being himself in Tenet. Because all the other ones are, like, heavy, like, character things that he's been doing recently. Like, The Lighthouse. Oh, yeah. The Lighthouse, he's, like... (laughs) Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's same with like Good Time, which is like the first one that made me realize how fantastic of an actor he is. He's like huge into the the character's psyche. So like Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He needs some good relaxing roles. Yeah, I think this one was just him. He got to like smile as opposed to just running around worrying about steagles. I don't know. <laughs> uh or brooding. Yeah. Brooding in the church or brooding in a high school or Brooding in a lighthouse or brooding in a bat cave. This one, no brooding. Not even a little bit of brooding in Tenet. Or, or, or brooding in a car. What was brooding in a car? A good time. Uh, brooding in, how much of that movie was spent in the car? A lot of some. it. There was some. Was it that much? I mean, it's mostly the car and then the, the like haunted house. I would have said brooding in a haunted house is what I would have said for that one. Fine. Brooding in a theme park. Yeah. Brooding on the side of a building. You know, brooding. Brooding. Just, you know. <laughs> brooding at night. And we'll just brooding at night. There's some daytime brooding in good time as well. Barely. Uh, brooding in the lighthouse. He was brooding 24-7. That was that was just brooding. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what was the experience like going to Tenet? Because you went and saw it in a the theater, and there was no one there but myself and my father. Oh, really? And yeah, it was, it was really actually cool. just y'all. That's cool. Yeah, it was. It was great. We could have shouted if we wanted to. I guess um, no one would have cared. It was at Star Cinema Grill because they're like cheaper, you know? I figured that's where you were going to go. Yeah. And we had space. We got to recline. We got the little recliner chairs. You could sit back, recline, have food brought to you. Um, it was nice. I mean, like I said, I texted you this right after I saw it. 
where it was the dialogue track for this movie so low. I don't know why. That's a weird, a weird thing that I've seen in a lot of movies. And I, I, I mentioned it briefly, but like, Oh brother, where art thou has that issue where, where it's not that the dialogue is too low. It's that the ambient noise when they're not speaking gets so loud and like that movie gets praised for its audio and everyone likes it. And I just couldn't stand it. I was constantly turning up and down the volume watching it. This one wasn't even that the ambient noise was that much louder. The ambient noise was like a normal level consistently, I'd say. Um, it's just the, <laughs> they, were, they were talking so like hushed. I don't know why. Not even that the performances were, but like the way it sounded compared to everything. Um, a, a lot of big movies have bad audio these days, and I'm I'm not sure why, because, you know, I don't know. Uh, do you know who YMS, YMS is, like Adam from Your Movie Sucks? No. Okay, he, he reviews movies on YouTube and has a podcast called Sardonicast. Uh, he's working on his review of the remake of Lion King, and one of the things he keeps mentioning is that their microphones clip constantly. Yeah. And it's it's the entire movie is is voiceover animation, right? So there's no reason for someone to clip their studio. microphone while talking. Yeah. Where did the millions of dollars go if their microphones are clipping for just audio recordings of people talking? Well, I guess the photorealistic animals is where it went. But <laughs> Yeah, but they're not even that good. They're so ugly. <laughs> they look too much like animals. Um, yeah, yeah. We've talked about that before already, though. We, we yeah, talked about that when we talked about like uh, Call of the Wild. It's a shame. I think I like John Favreau. I think he's a cool dude. You know, I think he's just like just loves movies and wants to make them. You know, um, but his movies are kind of hit or miss, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I I thought Jungle Book was really good, but I. I, I I love the original. Like I, it's just like why do we need this? I never, you know I, mean? I never particularly hated or loved Jungle Book, but I really like the remake of it because I, I feel like it's a different story, which is the only way I feel like you can do that. If you're gonna remake a Disney movie, you need to change the story. I didn't really get the whole story because I was I saw part of it because it was on somewhere. I was watching it for a little bit. And I was like, I don't need to see this. I mean, it's. I've seen it, you know? Yeah, know. it's a little bit closer to the book from what I was reading, because I haven't read the book, but from what I was reading, it's a little bit closer to the book, but it's Is still it like, different. It's different from both the movie and the book. So, Did they sprinkle in some more overt racism from Rudyard Kipling? <laughs> no, actually. <laughs> I'd say the movie's not super racist. Okay. Well, The, the giant monkey sounds exactly like Donald Trump, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know why, I don't know why they got, um, Christopher Walken to do that voice because it works though. It fits the character, oh. but it's very strange because like in the, okay, I'm just going to compare it to the original because I love the original and in the original, 
King Louie's like a fun guy. King Louie's having fun. He's singing jazz songs with his monkeys. He's talking about being the king of the swingers. Yeah, the jungle VIP. He's reached the top and had to stop. And that's just bothering him. Um, and I don't want Christopher Walken just being weird. I want, I want King Louie having a party, you know? Have you, have you seen that full scene? No, not entirely. I think that scene's pretty well done. It's not a party, but it is well done. It's a different story. I will say, yeah. a, a ScarJo can never voice a character without it being obvious. Yeah. I watched Isle of Dogs last night. And Which you didn't like, No, sadly. I did not. I mean, it was fine. I just felt like, I don't know. I Maybe I should have watched some other Wes Anderson things in between Fantastic Mr. Fox and Isle of Dogs, but I was trying to find one that I thought my sister would enjoy as well. So Did she like it? We both were okay with it. We both were like, it was fine, <laughs> right? We both really liked Fantastic Mr. Fox, but we did, uh, we both were just meh about Isle of Dogs. I don't know. It's just, I, Scar Joke said the first line of her character, she, she voices Nutmeg, and I was like, oh, that's Scarlett Johansson. Uh-huh. Whereas there are other famous actors in that voice cast. There are a lot. And none of them stood out to me as, oh, that person. Except for ScarJo. ScarJo was like, oh, obviously. Yeah. And she's the same way because she's uh, she voices uh, the snake in Jungle Book. I don't think that's necessarily bad. Like, Jason Bateman is very clearly the fox in Zootopia. It's like, oh. But Jason it's not Bateman. distracting to me. Yeah, I think it just needs to fit the character really, really well, that voice, you know? Yeah. I she did fine as as Nutmeg in Isle of Dogs, but it was kind of distracting at first, but it felt normal after a while. It doesn't feel normal in Jungle Book. That's the one voice acting that like problem that I had with that movie was it does not feel normal. To be fair, it was kind of weird in the original because it's Winnie the Pooh's voice coming out of Ka. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> You're like, oh, Winnie the Pooh? Why are you creepy? <laughs> what? But I mean, you know, that, that voice is emulated again because uh, It, Bill Skarsgård, basically does the Winnie the Pooh voice for It. I never watched It. You didn't watch It? No. I thought you'd gotten around to it after... Uh... I thought you did sometime, but I guess I guess not. I have been watching more horror movies, but that's not one I've gotten to yet. It's one that I would see. See, that movie is one of the movies where when it was released, I was not watching horror movies at all. And I really wanted to see it, but I was afraid that it would actually like give me nightmares. And then when I finally watched it, I was like, oh, horror movies aren't scary. And now I watch horror movies. (laughs) So. Yeah, I've kind of gotten to that point. For me, it was Midsummer. I was like, okay, I should see Midsummer. Because Daniel talked me into it. And then I was like, oh, this is like messed up. And I'm fine. I'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Midsummer is great. Yeah. It was really good. I think, I think one of the things that it was it watching it was like, oh, even horror movies that are like presented as super like jump scary aren't super jump scary. Because jump scares are the things that get me the most, which it's like, when yeah. I'm watching, I really hate them because they're cheap and they're annoying and they do make me jump. But the first It movie has zero jump scares. 
like not a single one and and then yeah I, i think there's one the second it movie has more but neither of them are scary and neither of them stick with you there's nothing in them that like stays with you and haunts your nightmares whereas like a movie like under the silver lake has concepts that will just randomly surface when you're trying to sleep and go deep into your subconscious. <laughs> All the dog stuff in that movie. That that oh, movie. Wait, hang on, we can't spoil it though, oh, because no, no, Daniel no. does want to see it. You haven't? He hasn't seen Under the Silver Lake. No, I've told him to. Oh, he's got to. He's got to. Yeah, I know. Okay, no spoilers I, then. But yeah. See, the thing is, when I was in Ireland, I heard him, like, he was watching on his phone, like, in the dining room, he was watching a video that was Mark Kermode reviewing that movie. Um, and he was talking about how the movie is, like, misogynistic and stuff. And I'm like, oh, he missed the subtext that's completely the opposite. And I was like, no, it's not. Like, it's really not. The character is. That's the whole point of the movie. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's. That movie's great. I love that movie so much. I need it's to watch like, it again. I own it. I have it on DVD. Yeah. Yeah. I think I watch it on Prime. I don't think it's on Prime anymore. Prime has some good stuff. That's where I saw Thunder Road. I got it back for the boys, and then I watched Thunder Road. Which I, I put it on my list. It's on my list. Five stars. My review for letter on Letterbox said it all. It made me laugh and it made me cry. That's what more could you want from the movie? It did everything. Now I got a quote from a movie, but I don't remember what it is, and I can't quite remember the quote. So, gotta beat this guy. Um, that was an inside joke for some of our listeners. Really, just the release. They'll get it, and they'll go, ah, I know that. Uh-huh. John is very close to his microphone, but he's not saying anything. And it's, go ahead. John is biting his microphone. <laughs> All right. This is just going to be a podcast where I tell you what John is doing. John doesn't actually say anything. I just talk about him. I thought that was going to be the end of the bit. I thought he was going to say something to mess me up, but nope. <laughs> We're going to keep going like this. I, I didn't have anything John to say. John is laughing. Oh, okay. He's still biting his microphone. I don't know what. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh-huh. What? Well, would they hear that? I couldn't hear that. Would Would they hear me biting it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, if it's not disgusting, I yeah. If it is, I'll cut it out. We'll go back to the ASMR podcast days. No. No, don't don't you dare. Okay? <laughs> if you get to if you do the ASMR podcast stuff, I'll do Speed Racer. I'll oh, bring back no. Speed Racer. Josh. No. No. <laughs> so should we talk about um i'm thinking of ending things should we uh do you want to do that one or (laughs) did i have all the time first 
Uh, let's we're talk about talk Devil about All the Time first, because I, I watched that more recently. Okay. Uh, um, where should we start? Everyone was good. Everyone just did a great job. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's a lot to say about it. I, I really liked the narration in it, which is unusual. That yeah. I was like, oh, that was really well done. Narration usually bothers me, but it didn't, it didn't bother me at all. Especially, I was telling Zion this, the detail at the end where you see in the credits that it was the, the author of the book who was doing the narration. I'm mm-hmm. like, that's cool. I like that he's involved with it. And probably those passages were probably directly from the book as well, I'd guess. I really liked the ending. I felt like it, it was a strong ending. And I, I oh, haven't read so the good. book. And I, I don't necessarily plan to, but I did. I thought it was it was a very strong story. Yeah, I, the way. It, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I felt I felt like it was. I don't feel like it was anti-religion, but I feel like if I watched it with anyone in my family, they would take it as anti-religion. It reminded me actually a lot of um, the book. Uh, Wise Blood by Flannery O'Connor. Um, I've never heard of it. Oh, okay. Well, that's because you're not as cultured as I am, John. There's a book that I've read all the way through. There aren't many of those, but I've read this one. Now, there are a few. I've read a bunch of books. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but this one, very good book. Um, just in like the setting, it has a lot of similarities with the the guy coming back from war at the beginning and the way it's affected him and his views on God and all of that stuff. Um, but within that one, he does kind of, I don't want to spoil too much of it because I know Daniel hasn't seen it. I was going to watch it with him, but then I betrayed him for the podcast. I said, well, I'll have it to talk about on the podcast. Um, uh, because I'm, I'm a, I'm a see, bad friend. I watched it, and then afterward, I was like, "Oh, did I tell like David and Bobby that I'd watch it with them? Was that like a plan I'd made?" And then I went back and didn't see anything. I was like, "Okay, phew, I didn't break a promise I accidentally." I, I specifically told him that I was breaking the promise for the, the sake of the podcast. Um. So anyway, we I can't get into spoilers as far as that, but um the setting and tone was very like it fit Flannery O'Connor's writing and the setting of that book, wise blood specifically, um, which is something that I really liked because I haven't seen that movie. There is a movie based off of it. It's like an old one, but I think this movie probably did that type of story better than that movie could have because I don't know, just where we are with filmmaking. Yeah. Um, I loved the way that there was just an ensemble cast where lots of things were happening, what seemed independently of each other, but then it tied it all together very nicely for the ending. Yeah, yeah. I think recently I've been having a lot of moments where I'm like, I'll see something or listen to something and then go do something else and then come back to it and think about it again and go, no, I've seen that before because I had just seen it. But like my brain's telling me I've seen it a long time ago for some mm-hmm. reason uh, for this movie specifically. And I'll try, I'll try not to s- spoil anything, but let you know which part I'm talking about. 
the the story beat with the chicken livers i feel like i have seen that in another film before but i felt like it was done extremely well those chicken livers look tasty they look fantastic okay we can't get in we can't get into the chicken livers we can't get into the chicken livers sadly i'd eat them up um, before before I watched it, I read a review that said that Robert Pattinson like stole the show, and people shouldn't be in movies with him because he's gonna steal the performance from everyone, and uh, like he's just a side role, but he's the best character. And I, and then I watched it, and I was like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> like I felt like the 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 cast was extremely balanced. I don't, even, I don't even think that makes sense in general saying, oh, you shouldn't be in, in movies with this actor because they're too good. Like, just give a good performance. That's all you can do, right? I, well, I think they were saying like, like big name actors should not be in movies where Robert Pattinson is a side role because then he'll overshadow them. And I was like, big, why? Right. What does that even? <laughs> I don't know. I was so confused. It really didn't make any sense. I'm excited for Tom Holland, though. I'm happy to see him doing something I'm, other I'm than I'm so Spider-Man. happy to see him doing something that is is actually good. Like, actually, like, really good. I mean, he's a good Spider-Man. I like him as Spider-Man. Good Spider-Man. He's a, he's a good Spider-Man. I just think, you know, Spider-Man isn't great. Like, the, the writing for Spider-Man isn't great. I will defend Spider-Man Homecoming. I think it is. One of the best Marvel movies. Homecoming is better than the second one, that's for sure. Oh, than Far From Home? Yeah. Which is a shame, because I, I think they wasted Jake Gyllenhaal. I think I think Far From Home has better visual effects and a, a very cool sequence of visual effects that I absolutely love. But the story just isn't there. And I, I think that... I don't know. It's It's hard to... It's hard to say for me because I don't particularly care for Jake Gyllenhaal in almost anything, but he's really good when what? he's really good. Yeah, okay. I don't know what what Jake Gyllenhaal disdain do you have? I mean, he's good in most movies, I think. Like he's good in Nightcrawler, he's good in uh, Prisoners, he's good in uh, John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch as Mr. Music. Um, he's, he he kills it. What's like a bad Jake Gyllenhaal? I never saw Velvet Buzzsaw. Maybe that. I don't know. I didn't watch Velvet Buzzsaw, but I just, I don't know. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Besides, I get him confused with the other guy. The other guy? The other guy. That movie with Will Ferrell? No. <laughs> the other guys? Okay. Mark Wahlberg? You get him confused with Mark <laughs> Wahlberg? <laughs> no, the guy from uh, La La Land. Oh, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. I get them confused, and they're both, both just—they're both just okay most of the time. What are you talking about? <laughs> they both do great jobs. And <laughs> what's a bad Ryan Gosling performance? I just, i, I don't, didn't say bad. <laughs> I said okay. No, they do—they do a good job, man. Like uh, Lars and the Real Girl, La La Land, Be- Place Beyond the Pines, Ryan Gosling. Uh, okay, I will say uh, Only God Forgives is like... I honestly, I just... I can't think of 
movies that they're in off the top of my head. Blade Runner 2049, getting that. I mean, you... John, you just rolled your eyes. What are, this is a podcast, John. <laughs> I rolled my eyes because Blade Runner 2049, he literally just stares at, at everything the entire time. It's not like... Okay, hang on. We're praising Robert Pattinson for his brooding. We can't criticize Ryan Gosling's brooding. Brooding is brooding, and they're both, both good brooders. The... Robert Pattinson's brooding is different. It's hotter. What? No, they're they're both up there, right? Okay, fine, fine. They're they're great. It's all good. Whatever. And, and hang on, we gotta get back to Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal isn't even a brooder. Jake Gyllenhaal is like Nicolas Cage, but good. You know? Yeah, he, he like does remind me of Nicolas Cage, which may be why I don't particularly like him very much. See, I, I kind of like Nicolas Cage in like a weird way, but also because I love Raising Arizona. So, yeah, I, I can I can see that. Okay, I mean it's whatever. I I've been meaning to watch uh, his movie uh, Leaving Las Vegas for what you won his Oscar because I was like, I mean, if you want an Oscar, I have to see it, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's on my list. I think it's been on my list. I don't know. My list is very long and I don't get around to it very often these days. Yeah, fair enough. I've been I've been going through it for quarantine cuz I've just I've had so many movies I've been I've watched a movie or a short film every day since June 28th. I admire that because even when I had a week off, I did not feel up to watching a movie every day. I'll admit there are some days where I was like, ooh, I'm running out of time. I got to watch something, so I'll put on a short film. Yesterday was one of those. I watched uh, Wes Anderson's Bottle Rocket short film before he did the movie. Yeah, I I really should have spent more time like watching stuff on my time off, but instead I just <laughs> napped the entire time. What's wrong with us? We're like, ah... Uh, I didn't watch enough stuff. I'm falling down to the job. I mean, it does, I do feels like sometimes when I, when I haven't watched enough movies, like I'm like failing at being into movies. I don't know. Like I'm failing at being a fan of movies by not watching enough movies. Well, I get that just for like old movies that I haven't seen where people will talk about like, oh, you haven't seen Jaws? You haven't seen, I don't know, Goodfellas? I don't know. Yeah, I don't there's a bunch of movies that are like classics that I probably will never get around to watching because I just don't care that much. And it, and it's not because like I didn't want to cuz like Taxi Driver is one of those now that I've seen it where I'm like, "Oh, it it just solidified in my brain. It wasn't that great and I don't need to see it." <laughs> I, guess, I think it either goes one way or the other, where it's like, oh, this is great. I see why everyone loves it. Or what? Well, it wasn't even it wasn't even necessarily either of those things. It was like, oh, this was a cultural item. It it made sense for the time. And it was like, that's why it's popular. But now I just don't care. 
that's how Taxi Driver was. I feel like that's how Clockwork Orange was. I just, I didn't feel like there was any reason for me to care specifically. Um, I watched uh, Dirty Dancing a while ago, and then I realized, oh, this, this is what I thought it was. This just became popular because of a bunch of like horny middle-aged ladies, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I saw another movie with Patrick Swayze in it. Second Patrick Swayze movie. Um, it was Francis Ford Coppola's The Outsiders. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which. How'd you feel about it? I think I liked it, but it was very cheesy, but I think I liked it. Um, it's kind of weird. Francis, I've been watching a lot of his movies. He, he's all over the place, I think. Because, um, like, the Godfather movies are very, like, slow, brooding, very, like, dramatic, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Apocalypse Now has some of that, but it's also just, like, crazy, which fits the nature of the story in that it's about chaos, um, but it's got, like, the whole thing with the helicopters and like surfing and like just stuff is happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then this movie was like a weird, like commentary on like class and it was very much like, Oh, you're a greaser. I'm a, I'm a greaser. And then these guys, they aren't greasers. We hate them because they're rich. Um, <laughs> then like, it was a whole, I didn't like it as much as his other movies. I'll say. Except Godfather 3. I liked it better than Godfather 3. <laughs> it was trash. <laughs> I haven't seen any of the Godfather movies, and that's probably one that I will have to get around to at some point. I mean, I guess watch the third one so you can understand how bad it is. Or don't if you want to. If you've seen the first two and you're like, "Oh, these are really great," I, I have a better idea. Colors. I'll watch. I'll watch the first two, and then instead of watching the third one, I'll just watch Watchmen again. Just watch the third one, so that people can be like, "Have you seen The Godfather?" And you're like, "Yeah," and you're like, "It was terrible." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> uh, yeah. I've. I'm. I've been filling my weekends with things and only like the weekends where I'm doing stuff is like all the same weekend. And then the next weekend I'll have nothing like this weekend. I was supposed to like go hang out with people and I was supposed to help my sister pick up a couch. And then I was supposed to do my VFX shot. Cause I'm doing those, you know, on a, on a schedule now. Mm -hmm. And now we're recording the podcast and my 3d printer arrived and like, Everything all at once. Mm -hmm. So I, I still have to do the VFX shot. I have not finished it yet. What are you working on? Um, I'm just trying to emulate this animation that plays in Assassin's Creed Origins when you level up. It's okay. like a a pulsating heat wave, shock wave thing that stirs up dust around you. Like it's hard to explain. Um, yeah, he did a gesture for the listeners. I just moved my hand down in the air and un unfolded. He looked fist. like he was banging a gavel, but with no gavel. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's 
the idea came to me when I was reading, I was looking at getting the new 52 Red Hood and the Outlaws omnibus. Uh, that's a good purchase. I'd support that right there. It would be a great purchase, but it was a very expensive purchase that I did not make. But I was considering it. And I was looking at some of the art and I was like, man, if I could do like a fan film, that animation would work so well for when he gets his spirit blades. Yeah, yeah. And so then I was like, I should do that. And so that's what I was going for. But then I was like, I don't know how to do like spirit blades. I, I'm just going to do the animation. And now I'm like, because it's a lot of rotoscoping, which is just me sitting, cutting out me from the frame step by step, one frame at a time for like a minute and a half. So I, yeah. And it's, it's, it's a lot of frames. So <laughs> I'm not even halfway through just the rotoscoping for it. So. Well, I look forward to seeing it and then I'll say good job, John. Thanks. It, it won't deserve that, but thanks anyway. Oh, uh, then I'll say, oh, John, this sucks. Yeah. I'll leave a comment on your YouTube video. My, my last one sucked really bad. <laughs> What was the last one? Was the last one? Uh, it was an X-ray. The watch? No, the watch was a while ago. The watch. The watch was two ago. The last one I did like a, an X-ray through a door because I was trying to oh, do yeah. like a camera tracking, and I, I did it, and then it was like, oh, this isn't very good. But it was pretty late, so I was like, oh, I'll just do this anyway. And then I ended up having issues in After Effects where it didn't render properly and it flickered, and so I just have this flickering video i was like oh, whatever <laughs> I'm, I'm so done so i just uploaded it but yeah no it sucks <laughs> it's very bad um i i think the the watch one was my favorite so far that one's the best one yeah oh we're, we needed to get to i'm thinking of ending things yeah yeah Go ahead with your disappointing thoughts first, and then I'll defend it. Okay. I mean, <clears throat> I don't think it's a bad movie. I, I liked it. I just didn't love it, and I felt like it tried to do too much at once. So, like, and I, I'm part of the reason I didn't love it is probably because I took notes, and I... St Why do you take notes? Okay, so here's the deal. I wasn't going to take notes. I was watching it with Bobby, and about 15 minutes in i was like i will never be able to keep track of what's going on unless i take notes so i pulled out a notebook and started taking notes because it seemed like the kind of movie that was like dropping hints for a second watch where you'll be like on the second watch you'd be like oh i understand what that means now uh-huh and so i was Which like I okay I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna like yeah i would i would say that it, it is that kind of movie but not in the way that i was thinking it would be so I, I took down notes thinking like, oh, this will be important later. And, and I feel like that did kind of detract from it a bit, but not a whole lot. I feel like the main problem I had is that Charlie Kaufman is just a tad bit too pretentious for my liking in that he, he tried to cover too many topics. And I don't know how the book does this, but he, he did so many genre switches and so many like fake like psych outs for what the plot was going to be like where it was going that it felt like it didn't have a cohesive 
idea of what it was doing. Because in the car ride in the very beginning, and like spoilers for this movie. Which I, yeah, okay. Daniel Daniel can't listen to this episode. <sighs> we're just going to talk about movies Daniel hasn't seen yet. Yeah, you, you have to see this movie or never plan to watch this movie to listen to this because there's no way to talk about it without spoiling it. Yeah, because I'm going to have to defend it by bringing up the whole point of the movie. Which, which I did miss, which is my reason for not liking it. Uh-huh. So the the thing is, he drops a lot of references, and so I don't know. There's a there's a reference to the Oklahoma. There there's a reference references to like Oklahoma and stuff, but there's references to time travel specifically, uh-huh. and so he makes it seem like the movie is about time travel, and he does that in a, a lot of different ways. But there's specifically um, the the new swing set in an old yard right Mm -hmm. and they they dwell on that swing set for a good long time there's shots of that swing set in the very beginning there's shots of that swing set when they're driving by they talk about the swing set they talk about it for longer than they should and it has no bearing on the story at all but they talk about it for a good five minutes it does it's part of the whole uh, inconsistencies of the old man's fantasy. Um, but it it's, but it's not. It's a way they, for the, it's a way for the audience to understand what's happening. Except for that. Well it's also like a fake the, out. It's also a fake out because they talk about the old, they talk about it's a brand new swing set in an old house's yard. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they drop a lot of hints about time travel. Like the, the movie that they watch is directed by Robert Zemeckis. Mm-hmm. Right, who directed Back to the Future, <laughs> which I thought was great. That movie, I loved it. <laughs> okay, but like that's definitely a time travel reference uh-huh. because he directed Back it's to Robert the Future. That's, it's a Robert Zemeckis reference, but it's definitely a time travel. I had to look out. up and be like, did Robert Zemeckis uh, produce this movie? Because that'd be kind of funny if he did. He didn't, did he? No, I didn't think so. Sadly, but. <laughs> Then there's there's a bunch of things where things switch in the house, right? And it's almost as if she loses time a couple of times, right? In the house, they there's no dinner set up. They're just waiting for his parents. And then they say, oh, let's eat. And she turns and the table is full and they're all sitting there. I loved all of like the inconsistencies. That stuff was just like, getting me going i spotted I like, so many inconsistencies and i was like pausing and rewinding to make sure that i was right oh see that's your problem why are you watching it like that <laughs> because i was trying to figure out what the point was i was what trying else? to yeah, outsmart okay. the yeah. movie okay see, i will that, admit okay. that the reason i didn't enjoy the movie so much is that i watched it incorrectly but i also feel like it it begs you to watch it incorrectly and i feel like that's a flaw no okay i think I was just watching it, just seeing everything happen and trying. And then I wasn't like necessarily trying to figure out what was happening as it was happening, except like I was saying, oh, okay, maybe this is like three different people that the main character is, right? Um, but then at the end, like afterwards, it was more thinking about it. That That's why I enjoyed it so much because there's so much to think about this. It's a movie that's a piece for thought. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I, I had the theory that it was time travel in the beginning, and I was like, no, they wouldn't do that. That'd be stupid. 
And then I was like, okay, so it's about dementia. And then I was like, okay, but it's about dementia, but they are like the couple, the young couple and the old couple are the same people. And I was like, no, maybe she's the old lady. And I was like, no, okay. But then I was like, okay, but her boyfriend is the janitor. And that's the one that I stuck with. I was like, okay, her boyfriend is the old janitor that we keep seeing. I was like, that's got to be the but case. Everything's the janitor. Everyth- everything's the janitor. Yes. Okay. But then, then there's weird things like the sign to the to uh, Tulsi Town. I was wow. like, come, come join me when they're driving past it, and like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's got a bunch of weird things that happen that make you go, okay, you're supposed to be understanding what's happening. You're supposed to be able to figure out, piece together what's happening before it gets there. But then even when it got there, I still didn't understand what was happening, right? I was like, okay, so yeah, the old man is the the boyfriend. That is what's mm-hmm. happening because he hands her the slippers, right? Yeah. That are the boyfriend's slippers. But you figure that out beforehand because there's the, there's the janitor uniforms in the, yes. in the washing machine. But there's... you don't, but you don't, th- that's, I was still trying to figure out if it was a time travel related thing at that point. Because they switch back to the fit, they switch to people from like the the forties when she's like talking about the whatever was it a book or a movie that she was writing a paper about, and she has the different accent and smokes the cigarette in the car. Oh, in the car. Mm-hmm. That I had to look up what that was. That was a an extended reference to a specific um, article. Um, like it was because. Basically, the thing going on there is that the the janitor, he's it's the same thing as the poetry, where the poetry was the book that he'd read. Right. You know, he's making his ideal version of like a smart person. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that does make sense. Like I'm saying, it makes sense, but the the problem I have is that the movie specifically covers too many topics in a way that at the end of it, until you mentioned explained it. It didn't make sense because they, they talk about, they have, they, there's conversations about feminism that never go anywhere. There's conversations about time travel. They specifically mention my favorite interpretation of time, which is that time doesn't move. We move around it. Like you stay in one place. You don't move on a timeline. Everything happens in the same place. There is no future and there is no past. They mention that theory very briefly and then skirt past it. Dude, you're going to love Tenet. You're going to love Tenet. <laughs> we'll see about that. I have very strong feelings about time travel and the usage of time as a trope because I feel very strongly about the way that time works in real life and I have nothing to back it up, but I feel but very strongly about it. I Christopher Nolan takes time seriously, I think. A lot of Interstellar has the worst time travel of any movie I've ever seen. So Oh, the planet yeah the the not the not the planets the wormhole the black hole oh okay anyway um, i just felt like it, well, it, I mean, it was purposefully linear narratives and stuff is more what i meant like uh okay never mind we'll get to that okay. i'm just saying like i just <laughs> felt like it purposefully tried to make you think it was about that because then they they do talk about dementia and they talk about aging and they talk about relativity and relative viewpoints and they talk about different like dimensions and worlds. And like at Tulsi town, there's like this kind of idea that 
they're talking to people from a different time period. Uh-huh. And she says, you don't have to go forward. And she, she says, we, you don't have to go. And she says, go where? And she says, forward in time. Uh-huh. Right. So it's very clearly trying to point you to the direction that it's about time travel. Well, that's another thing where it's the, the man's mind speaking, where he's just stuck in his daydreams and where he wants to be in his, in his life. You know what I mean? Where he's vi- visioning himself as a younger person just stuck in his past. I, I, I can see why mm-hmm. once it was explained. Once The only thing that had to be explained was the entire movie is this janitor's like imagination, right? Mm-hmm. And once that was explained, I immediately understood everything that was confusing, but I just felt like the movie didn't do a good enough job balancing how many topics it tries to, to handle because it touches on a bunch of different points and doesn't cover any of them completely or, or well enough that I could say it was a smart discussion of those topics, but just enough to be pretentious on several different levels. And then it's like, and we're going to let you figure out what the, why this all happened by making this confusing thing with this whole like, janitor ending which didn't make sense and then there's cartoons oh, and the cartoons come to life and the, like the queen of say, tennessee town and i just i, I was so lost the cartoon pig was my least favorite part of the movie i will say that i i don't understand that i didn't understand it i don't <laughs> I, I like the da- the dance was so cool I thought that was such a great thing to put in there. I thought the dance was interesting. I felt like it. I felt like it didn't fit with the rest of the movie. No, because it's another uh, Oklahoma reference. I know it's an Oklahoma reference, and it was the the man's insecurities, which is what a lot of the movie is. His insecurities were even in his own head, where he's pict- he's pictured everything that he wanted. This person still wants to leave him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I mean I I get it. I just don't feel like it was necessarily a a great I think telling of it. Well, I think that the whole story, it's just like I think if you focus on the main narrative and not like the the little things that it does, like you were saying it covers too much. I think there's one thing that it covers comprehensively and that's this man's inner monologue and who he is. Right. And that it's just him. Like it's a delve into the psyche of an incel, basically. You know what I mean? I, I guess, I don't know this. I feel like maybe one of the reasons I can't, really say I liked it all that much or or that I would like it if I paid attention to the main plot on a second watch which I think I would because like usually with a, when a movie is something where it's like I think it's a good movie but I don't particularly like it myself on a second watch I like it right if I mm-hmm. gave it a second watch I just don't feel like giving it a second watch that it didn't leave me in a mood where I would want to go and watch it again because it's it the things that it covers so briefly 
and and meaninglessly that aren't the point are movies I would love to see. And mm-hmm. the way that they started talking about them was so fantastically done that I got really excited to see a movie do that and then it didn't do it. So it's like promising a kid candy and then the candy is broccoli. No, I think it's like promising a kid candy, but then instead a kid gets like a roast and it's like, oh, roast is great too. I'll have a roast. No, it really, I don't uh, think so. Um, the, I think the reason why I liked it so much is because it took really creative storytelling methods and made them accessible where it wasn't to the point. I don't think it was to the point where the pretense was just made it unwatchable. You know, it made it so that all of these creative narrative devices were very entertaining. I I don't know. Bobby didn't finish it. Bobby quit halfway through. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just, I feel like it was, I I feel like it was one of the most pretentious movies I've ever seen, but that's because it's, I I expected that because it's Charlie Kaufman. Like uh I just wasn't, I just felt like the, I felt like it was pretentious in a way that it didn't earn. Like usually I feel like, really pretentious directors have somewhat earned that by making the end product really great. And I felt like this movie didn't earn it. I don't know. Okay. I need to watch a bunch of other Charlie Kaufman stuff. Cause it's, he, he's been on my list of directors. I need to like watch their backlog for mm-hmm. over two years now. And I was going to watch Synecdoche, New York last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they took it off Netflix. It was on Netflix and they took it off Netflix the day I was going to watch it. So I checked to make sure it was on Netflix. And then the next day I went to watch it and it was gone. So I, I should probably watch some of his other stuff, but I just felt like there was something, it was just disappointing. I guess I felt like it was so close to being a movie about so many topics I would have really loved to see explored more deeply. Mm-hmm. And then it just didn't do that. Like I, I would have been really interested in an art house film about someone in a weird time loop or struggling with dementia or something like oh, that. You should watch, you should watch uh, The Endless. garbage fire of a movie no no i just (laughs) mean like i feel like i feel like they don't even have to explain it It, i feel like this movie might have even been better if there was no explanation because i felt like the explanation necessarily other than the slippers I, i feel like the slippers are the thing that made it impossible for me to figure out what was going on because i had already in my head decided that the old man was an older version of the character from the beginning. And so then when he hands the slippers to the girl in my head, it was immediate confirmation. Uh So that made it impossible for me to realize that they didn't even exist. Yeah. Right. Um, This is not directly related to that, but Jesse Plemons killed it. Love Jesse Plemons. Um, oh, the acting was fantastic. He hasn't 
I don't think I've seen him have a role that's at all similar to this before. Um, and I think he really like lived up to it. I'm very happy for him. I thought I've always I thought all him. the acting was really good. Yeah, yeah. It's always Tony disturbing. Colletti, such a creep. I was gonna say it's always disturbing to see Tony Collette in a movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, oh my <laughs> gosh. David Shulis is also just wild, just going on about nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. What else? I've the weird the picture frame thing where she sees herself in the picture mm-hmm. and then it changes. I don't feel like that was ever explained. I don't feel like there's an explanation for that. I'm trying to recall. No some or the dog. It's hard to keep track of. The dog makes sense. No, the dog didn't make sense. It's, a, it's just another one of his things where he's visioning his life throughout different points. And the story's never specifically in one period. Yes, but no. I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it tracks. Like um, as far as consistency goes, I don't feel like there's. Um, and I, I guess the, the the crux of this movie is that there doesn't have to be consistency because that's the point. But I feel like that's a bad point. Like this movie feels like someone was like, oh yes, this script is perfect. I don't even have to have a script supervisor because it does not matter if anything is consistent. I think, no, I think that it, was, that it wasn't like, oh, we don't need to even care if it's consistent. I think these were specifically done uh, in consistencies that they're- Oh yes, they definitely I mean, were. Obviously they were yeah. planned. Yeah. It's written into the story. I just think that. It Which just, isn't what you were saying, though, is the thing. It, it feels like the kind of movie where you see that script and go, oh, wow, we don't even need. We don't even need to have like a f- fluid edit. It's it can be whatever we want. Yeah, I don't know. I, We'll we'll never agree on this movie, John, and I'm sorry about that. Unless you watch it again, as you were saying. So I I I should probably watch it again, but I don't know. It was a good movie. I just I wish it was a different movie, which is something I'll have to get over because it's not. So. Well, see, I think part of what it was was I didn't have any expectations going in because I'd never seen a Charlie Kaufman movie. I had just like read like a little blurb that didn't even get into anything. It just said uh, a girl is going to visit her boyfriend's parents while she's thinking of breaking up with him, which is the most basic way of describing what this movie is. Did you not see the trailer? I hadn't seen the trailer. Okay. That that probably is why, because I saw the trailer and immediately started having theories. Like not even like I started trying to think of theories, just like I saw the trailer and immediately my head went, Oh, obviously this is what's happening. Yeah. I had very, very little expectations going in other than like, I'd seen some positive reviews for it. Um, so, yeah, I do feel like there's, there's the two, the two main reasons that I don't particularly care for the film are that it touches on, theories that i really like 
very briefly in a way that's going to make them pop culture relevant to people who don't understand and they're going to be completely destroyed in pop culture court and everyone's going to have an argument for them and it's going to become a trope in something. I don't know that this movie's become very successful outside of hipsters. I don't know because it's hard for me to tell. Um, because I'll talk to like you and Daniel, but like we're <laughs> like movies and then every other people were, I'll say, Hey, have you seen this movie? And I'll say, Oh, I saw it on Netflix. I should watch it now that you've mentioned it. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know if they were going to watch it previously. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I just, it's one of those things where I'm projecting what I'm worried will happen onto it. I just, I feel like there's going to be a lot of really terrible movies that try to cover topics that this movie specifically didn't cover. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I'm worried about those movies ruining topics that I would like to cover in my own work someday. Mm -hmm. Um, what was I going to say? I had a point. Oh, well, we can move on. We've, we've, we've discussed this. We've, we've kind of beaten it into the ground at this point. It is a dead horse. It's a good movie. We both thought it was good, but you thought it was better than I did. I didn't think you liked it. Okay. I gave Uh, it three stars, David. Three stars is indifferent in my book. Three stars is, it was a good movie. Three stars is this was a good movie. It was a well-made okay. movie, but Not I didn't on my particularly scale, care. Because I, I, don't, I won't give something 50% unless I hated it. I mean, not unless I hated it, unless I didn't like it. Um, three stars is good movie because it's solidly in the upper half, right? Right. Okay? Three stars is seven out of 10. So, like... No, I don't... Okay, so if something's a good movie, I give it three and a half stars. If it's just like, oh, that's like a good movie. I'm sorry. I said three stars is seven. Three stars is six out of 10, but I gave it three and a half, which is seven out of 10. I gave it three and a half stars. Oh, you gave it three and a half? Okay, three and a half is fair. You said that that you'd given it three. Yes, I misspoke. I gave it three and a half because I specifically remember going, that's not a bad score. That's seven out of 10. Yeah, okay. Um, But yeah, three is like indifferent for me. Not indifferent. I don't know. Like that was a good movie, but nothing that I'd ever like. Most most decent blockbuster movies go under three for me, right? Yeah. So like Marvel movies generally end up getting a three. Yeah. Or two and a half. I'd agree, but I'd never like recommend a Marvel movie. Like you have to see this unless it's Ragnarok or. uh, um, Right, but those get better ratings for me. Like Ragnarok has a four. That's just because Taika Waititi's the best. It's true. He's going to kill Star Wars. He's going to do so well. No, no, he's going to revive Star Wars. No, I meant kill as in like sick. Uh, no, good. I understand. I understand. I'm just yeah. saying that Disney already killed Star Wars. Uh, I just want like a crazy underworld movie, you know? That'd be great. Yeah. I want Zero the Hut and this <laughs> Taika Waititi um star wars movie yeah him and his weird voice <laughs> is, wait is zero a guy or a girl i don't is zero know non-binary? Right. what is zero 
I, that's a that's a good question. I don't know off the top of my head. It's hard to tell. Okay, let's look it up then. <laughs> Zero could be like a southern smoker lady. Okay, general Jabba Hutt. the Hutt's uncle. Uncle. Okay. Okay. I will. I, I knew it was related to Jabba. Didn't know uncle okay yeah yep huh okay john have you watched clone wars nope i mean aside from the movie have you seen the movie nope i didn't know zero i am very close friends with lots of star wars fanatics yeah okay fair enough <laughs> that, that's basically the only explanation i have because i don't if, actually know anything about them other than their name if andrew's listening Andrew's going to get my Zero the Hut reference and he'll be like, good job, David. That's true. He will. Andrew, send me a text if you, if you get to this part. If you've sat through the entirety of I'm thinking of ending things. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew's like, I'm thinking of ending this podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm really, um, I'm upset that theaters are going to be a, a difficult thing to traverse in the near future. Cause I, I think there's so much stuff coming out that I, I don't want to miss, but like what? Like, like Dune. I really would like to see is Dune going to be only in theaters. I think so. I thought it was, and I thought it was like early 2021. So it's a ways off. Like I guess it's, bit. I guess it's a little bit farther off. But I mean, they're they're projecting that the lockdowns are going to keep going into the summer next year. So, yeah, lockdown is going to be at least this time next year. It's going to be crazy. But like, you know, there's like Wonder Woman and Black Widow, which aren't going to be great movies or anything. But like, I'd still like to see them. I can wait for those. I suppose they're not that important, but. Oh, when I saw Tenet. Um. I saw the trailer for Wonder Woman in theaters. I'd seen the trailer before, right? But I saw it again, and I was thinking, why is this movie called Wonder Woman 1984? I get that it's set then, but that's already another thing. The book, is it related to the book? I don't think it's related to the book. Because if not, what a weird thing. Like, why didn't you just do like 1985 or something? The, why why specifically 84 if not a reference to the book i mean it probably is a reference right everything's a reference everyone's referencing 1984 right now yeah, everyone everyone's always weird. referencing 1984 okay to be completely honest everyone's referencing 1984 constantly it's really strange how much people reference 1984 but like people who strongly would disagree with george orwell <laughs> You know what I mean? I mean, 1984 is a strange story, to be fair. I'm not even talking about 1984 itself. I'm just talking about, like, George Orwell in general. Yeah. Like, Animal Farm and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. I... 
it can't be a reference to 1984 though right the trailer doesn't make it seem like there's any connection yeah is this movie going to be a commentary like a is it going to be like a deep social thing i'm like what is happening? i guess it, it does touch on some like social politics right because like the trailer t- talks a little bit about like it's like a feminist angle right because that's wonder woman's whole thing right yeah like the book 1984 what <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> but like i don't know they're not touching on like totalitarian governments or communism or anything like that like i don't know i don't think a movie with uh the cheetah as the villain <laughs> It's going to be like a big social commentary. I don't think any superhero movie is going to be a big social commentary. I think uh, there's some. Like what? Like Watchmen, but Watchmen sucks. Well, the show doesn't. Right, but a TV show can have more social commentary than a movie, no matter what show it is. Um, The Dark Knight tried to get into some stuff. That was its own failing, though. You don't like uh, the Dark Knight's social things that it does. It's it's deep questions that it poses that are that are really just things for like broy guys to go like, "What if?" Though, you know what I mean. <laughs> Some people just like to watch the world burn, man. <laughs> or like, or like, but what would you do if you were in the boat situation, like? What would you do? That's pretty deep, man. Like <laughs> society, man. I don't know. It's yeah. like Kristen Slater and Heather's. <laughs> <laughs> the school is society. <laughs> <laughs> pretty deep, huh? Oh, I'm gonna punch him. Okay. <laughs> I was telling someone. I told. Uh, I told someone. I was like, oh, I don't like Heather's. Like, it wasn't good. And like, but did you get that it was like a commentary on like uh, the <laughs> on like the shallow uh, '80s movies? I was like, yes, I understood it. Like, what did you? <laughs> They're like, it's a satire. And I'm like, I know, I know it. <laughs> I didn't realize you said Christian Slater is in that movie. Yeah, he's the he's the guy in that movie. Okay, I haven't seen Heather's so. Um, and Winona Ryder. Okay, interesting. Wait, is it Winona Ryder? No, I need to double check. Because now I'm thinking that might have been Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Because I saw them like back to back and they're both that period. Um, it is Winona Ryder. Talk yeah. about something. It okay, is. Okay. I, was right. I was right. I was right. Okay. I don't know. The only thing I've seen Christian Slater in is Mr. Robot. And he's actually good in that, and it actually is a social commentary, but it's like pretty well done. So, well, that's what you were saying, and it has the TV show thing going. Yeah, it does. It certainly does. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm excited for all the movies that are going to be made, but I'm worried that I'll miss them all. Yeah, dude, this was supposed to be the year. I say this every time where I'm like. This was going to be the year where all the good movies came out, and then we just got. Slapped. I mean, every year is the year that all the good movies are going to come out, 
but usually it's that those movies come out and they're not good. No, I think this year had more. This year is stacked. This year was pretty stacked, though. It is a little bit of a disappointment. More so than if it had been like last year. Although last year had some pretty good movies, but like, I guess, I don't know. Last year, I don't think I was like anticipating them as much. Like they were coming out and I was like, oh, that looks really good. I'll go see that. Right. Yeah. I think this year there were a lot. There were a lot of pre-announced. There were a lot of like really far advanced announcements. Yeah. Which I guess is, uh, is not a really great idea. And everyone knows that now. So yeah, I just like don't announce a year in advance. You don't know what's going to happen in a year. We could be dead. <laughs> uh, Imagine like last year being like, guess what? Next year, everyone's going to wear masks. Everyone be stuck in their houses. <laughs> I mean, I people were saying that in December, but like, not like yeah, in December. before that. I remember like the first time I heard about coronavirus, there was like a, uh, a video that was in like my recommended feed where it was like, what is coronavirus uh, on YouTube? And then I was like, oh, it's probably just like a bowler or something where it'll be like a big scare for a little while. Yeah. The only reason I, I was, I was a little bit more prepared for this is that my manager was watching all of the news for it back in like November. Mm-hmm like at the very end of November when it first popped up because his parents traveled to China on a regular basis. And so he was worried mm-hmm. about it. And then in December he was like, we're going to have a lockdown. You guys need to be stocking up on canned food. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> he was the one who bought all of the toilet paper. He did buy N95 masks before they told people to buy masks. He was like, we're going to run out of these. And I need them, so he stocked up on them. Oh man! But yeah, so strange. Yeah, I, I mean, things are surreal. Just like because it's kind of become normal, and then like where you're out and about, everyone's got a mask on. It's like this is weird. Like what's happening? Yeah, it's gotten pretty weird in my apartment complex because I'll pass people, and I don't know whether it's more polite to keep my head down so that I don't pass a virus to them or like say hi because they're my neighbors. So I like, Uh, I do one, the person says hi. If I do the other, the person is like, what are you doing? So I I never get it right. I'm always wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know. Man, that heats the room so much. It's so hot in here. It's very hot in here because uh, this room just doesn't get AC right. I've got a little sensor thing. So that oh, you can't even see it. <laughs> the screen um, screen's cutting it out. Oh, uh huh. Uh, I see it. What? That made it worse. <laughs> it's, in, it's in front of your face, so then it detects that it's part of your face. So that. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just wanted it to focus on this thing, but then it just. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, what does it do? Basically, it just, this is boring podcast content. I've got an AC sensor in my room. What are we talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah. It measures the temperature in this room. And then if, 
if my room's hotter than what the rest of the house is set to, then it makes the rest of the house colder so that this house, this room will be the, the set temperature. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's sitting at home listening. They're like, oh, that's very interesting. I'm glad I know that. <laughs> I mean, not not all of the things that we say have to go in. We could we could start cutting things out if we wanted to talk for longer, and then just actually cut the interesting things in. No authenticity, John. <laughs> we cut nothing. We we need podcast verite. What podcast verite? What does that mean? There's you know like cinema verite. No, I don't. Oh, uh, wait. Oh, no, I have heard that. Cinema Verite is like, you know, you don't you don't affect anything. It's like documentary well, yeah, where you it's don't. the truth. Yeah, it's, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. That's like the entire point of while we're young. Yeah, okay. Is Is Cinema Verite versus scripted, uh, documentary and the point is that it doesn't matter yep <laughs> yep sure enough <laughs> those, are, those are always interesting where a movie will like pose a lot of questions and then be like doesn't matter <laughs> has this just become a movie podcast we used to talk about other things but now there's nothing else I mean, there's nothing else for us to do. What are we supposed to be doing? Like, yeah, fair enough. I was playing Fall Guys for a while. Yeah, I I played Fall Guys for a little while now. I I got it and downloaded it and whatnot. Did you uh, Did you win any of them? Oh no, no. I think I've gotten three rounds in, maybe four. Uh, oh, you 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 didn't play Fall Guys the way I played Fall Guys, John. It was hours. I can tell you how long I played in Fall Guys. Yeah, three or four rounds isn't that much. No, 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 not rounds. Like that's how many like levels I got in. Stages. What are you talking about? Wait, do you mean like the each individual like event? Yeah. Where it's like you you go on and you get the first stage where there's like Fifty people, and then you eliminate half of oh, them. Oh, you're and then... saying that you've made it up to the fourth level in a in a round, but you haven't made it to the final or something. Yes. Okay. Well, well, they vary a number of rounds. Oh well, I've never made it to like the 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 crown round. Should we explain this? Does I don't know if everyone that we have listening knows what I, don't I know have. What they know. I have played eighty-seven minutes of Fall Guys. 87? 87, which is like an hour and 27 minutes. Okay. Punk, you don't need it. Why am I like this? I, what am I doing? <laughs> Have you played Among Us at all, David? Oh, okay. So I downloaded Among Us yesterday. I bought it. And then I bought it on Steam on my laptop. And then I was like, oh, this is only for Windows. And I have a Mac. I just bought it on a Mac. I can't even play it. You can, <laughs> My money is wasted. You can play it on a phone for free. Oh, is it free on the phone? Because it said in-app purchases, so I figured... You, you can, you can pay to get um, skins and skins stuff because you can pay... Okay. 
to get what's called a pet where you just have like a little character that follows you around and whatnot. Okay. Yeah. But that the oh, full I game figured, is free. I figured it was one of those ones where it said um, you download it for free, but then like within the game you have to buy it. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. No, it's not like that. So I was it like, does, I it does have it ads. It does have ads and you may be able to pay to remove the ads. Uh, but the ads don't like show up during the game. They show up at the end of a game. Um, I'll try and download it. I'll see because my phone gets really glitchy if the app takes too much to run, which it might with like online gameplay and stuff. Yeah. Um, I've considered having like a, an among us night because it's way more fun if you're on a call with a bunch of friends. Cause I've, mm-hmm. I've played it on a call with some people and I've played it just online and it's, it's so hard to type out stuff because it's just like a secret identity game. Yeah. There's, there's an imposter who's going around watching, like, with everyone some and, videos of it and you're, you're supposed to do tasks and the way you win is either by, if you're a crewmate, you either complete all of your tasks before, uh, the imposter can kill everyone. If you're the imposter, you try and kill everyone. And you can also Not vote out the imposter. Uh, if you find like a dead body, you can, you can vote out the imposter. And if you vote them out, you win. So it's basically like one night ultimate werewolf, but less complicated. I thought one night ultimate werewolf was just like mafia. It's a lot like mafia, but the way one night ultimate werewolf works is you draw your card and you know what you are. And then, like, everyone just has to figure out who they think the werewolf is, and then you vote on who the werewolf is. So nobody dies. Like, in Mafia, they kill someone, and then there's, like, another round. One Night Werewolf doesn't have multiple rounds. You just play once, and you have five minutes to figure out who it is, and you vote them out. Hence the one night. That makes sense. (laughs) I love that game so much. I don't like the whole... In Mafia, this is. I don't like when you draw a card to decide who you are. I think it's much better if the, someone chooses people. Huh. I Like if there's a moderator and they choose. I don't like Mafia as a game because there's too much, oh. there's too much like drama involved where people try and like make it a show. One Night Ultimate Werewolf is good because you, you literally have a, a phone in the middle that tells you what to do. So there is no ridiculous like antics that take time and aren't fun for everyone. Ooh, I like the antics. Get into the antics. All right, John. You just hate joy. It's okay. I don't know. Maybe I just I've I've only played Mafia a few times with drama people. So maybe it's just drama people. Maybe I hate drama people. Maybe Okay, I was going to say maybe we should do it at a game night like once things are back to normal. Then I was like, that would just be with drama people, John. It would just be the drama people. It would just be theater kids, yeah. Yeah. I am I am stuck with them forever. Yeah. I'm sorry about that, Tom. It's okay. But nobody I know knows how to play Pinochle, so that's sad. My mom knows how to play Pinochle. You want to play Pinochle with my mom? I'd love to play Pinochle with your mom. That sounds weird. That sounds like it's. <laughs> Pinnacle's a great game. Nobody knows it. It's sad. It's like an old person game, John. 
it's my family's game like on my dad's side old people yes they are all old people my dad is the youngest of his family and he's in his 60s so yes yeah i mean and you're an old person i'm like two years older than you yeah which makes you old no i don't think that's fair no i it does bug me when people are like i'm so old uh and to be fair i do say that like that's just more like a personal thing like oh i'm so much older than it than i feel like i am you know what i mean i know yeah it's fair to be like oh i feel old now because of this thing that makes me realize how much time i've actually been alive but it's not like fair to be like oh that i'm actually like old compared to these people you know like i don't know yeah i think 25 will be like a trippy birthday where it's like i've been alive a quarter of a century like what yeah yeah i can feel like that would i feel like that makes sense it'd be a a strange strange mile marker you know yeah no 20 is coming up fast oh so i'm like three years older than you then yeah two and a half i don't know yeah your birthday's your birthday's soon it is. It's coming up real soon. Like I'll be born soon. It's the twentieth, yeah. So you're on the first, so it's like a week away. This isn't good podcast content. I'll cut it. <laughs> All right, bye guys. We're leaving. Bye. bye. <laughs> it's over now. <laughs>